0: it's wednesday which means we will get caught up on the men's and women's soccer team but not before taking one last look at saturday's iu cincinnati game with some pro football focused grades you are locked on hoosiers your daily podcast on the indiana hoosiers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's up, Hoosiers? It is Wednesday, September twenty second. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU athletic news. I am your host, Jacob Rude, coming to you a little later than expected on uh, on Wednesday. I told you guys I would be traveling. I had high hopes that I wouldn't be able, or that I'd be able to record after the flight, but long day of traveling, long day of finding my way out of. LAX uh, led to a late night, so we're coming to you a little later on Wednesday. The good news is I will have Thursday's episode recorded this afternoon, and then uh, we should be on track after that. But you didn't come here to hear my uh, travel horror stories. You came here for IU News, and we have it today. As I mentioned, we're going to take a look at those pro football focus grades we didn't get to in Tuesday's episode and then uh, get caught up on the men's and women's soccer teams as they both had their Big Ten openers and the men's team had a second Big Ten game in the last week. Before we do that, though, you guys need to be checking out the Big Ten, Locked on Big Ten podcast. Uh, has all the news you guys could want for the Big Ten. Big Ten conference play for football starts here soon. So no better time to get caught up on how things are going around the Big Ten than with Nate Dickinson and the Locked On Big Ten podcast. While you guys are there, be sure you are subscribed to Locked On Hoosiers. Head on over to the YouTube channel. It'll be a little bit of a different background for those watching this the, the rest of this week. Uh, I'm in a hotel room, obviously, sunny LA, right outside here. But it's something we'll just have to make do with with the next week or so. But be sure you are following us. Uh, On YouTube, subscribing there, subscribing wherever you guys get your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers and on Instagram at Locked on Hoosiers. We're going to jump into a little bit of a shorter show today. As I mentioned on Tuesday, our fearless leader, Ross Jackson, sent over the pro football focus grades for uh, Saturday's game. So first segment, we're going to talk about the positives. Second segment, we'll look at some of the negatives and if there's any trends going on there. There's a couple obvious ones with the positives. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. The highest graded player on either side of the ball, I believe. Let me double check that. Yeah, the highest graded player on either side of the ball probably isn't a surprise, but it's DJ Matthews. Uh, he played on 46 total snaps. 27 27 of them uh, were pass plays. He finishes with an 85.9 grade. Far and away the best on the offense and far and away the best overall on the day. Huge day for him. Hopefully means uh, Penix has gained a little trust in him and we'll be able to rely on him a little bit more. He was filling a very important role with that WAP failure role. Uh, That was somebody obviously Penix trusted last season, so if he can develop that same kind of trust, could spell some big things in Big Ten play. Uh, technically second best offensively was Davion Irvin Poindexter. He only featured in 10 plays, though. Next, though, was a guy who has been up and down this list. We talked a lot about him last week. Peyton Hendershot was tremendous in the passing game. He's the third highest graded player. That comes with a caveat. Uh, He graded out at 89.4 passing. These are out of 100, obviously uh 89.4 is the best kind of singular area grade that would have put him above DJ Matthews if it was his overall grade but he struggles in the blocking game 29.6 pass blocking 40.7 he is not a blocking tight end he is a pass catching tight end which is probably why uh some of these other guys Matt Bjornson was in a lot on the run blocking pass blocking situations he didn't grade out very well you'll hear his name in the second segment, but that is why some of those other guys feature a little bit more though. Uh, Peyton Innershot was in 28 run, run blocking plays, which is almost as many routes as he ran on the day. Uh, Steven Carr was up there as well. 65.2 really great game in the passing game. Uh, He had the one screen pass early on. That was a really good play call. He had the touchdown, obviously that really buoyed that though. And then, Surprisingly, the last player to grade out largely positive uh, in the offense is Matthew Bedford. He made the move to right guard. He talked about that on Monday uh, and graded out really well in the run-blocking game, and that seems to be a bit of a recurring trend with this uh, with this offensive line. It wasn't as much on Saturday, but typically they're better run-blocking than pass-blocking, which great news for Stephen Carr, terrible news for uh, Michael Penix. But he graded out really well in the run blocking game, 70.2, but struggled pass blocking as pretty much the whole offensive line did. So a couple other notable names in that middle section. David Ellis only had five steps. I know he was injured in the preseason. It's interesting how little they've used him. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if he gets more involved. Miles Marshall graded out about bang average. Uh, He's been – Underwhelming this season, considering the expectations. Tim Weaver, left guard, played 26 snaps. Uh, he actually graded out really well as a p- in pass blocking, going against everything I just said about Bedford. Uh, Dylan Powell was up there better in the run block. He was really bad in the pass block. So uh, some familiar names up there for the Hoosier offense defensively. Um, this is this one I can't say everyone because shock, not shockingly, the. Entire defense played well. A couple notable names, Weston Kramer was the highest graded player, continues to be uh, a revelation for this team, especially as the transfer Raheem Lane, who moved from cornerback to safety, uh, is up there. He was the highest graded tackler on the team, 85.3. Cam Jones is third highest on the team overall. I thought he played a terrific game, especially when Micah McFadden was in there. Those two are so, so great together. Micah was fourth highest. He only played 25 snaps on the day, graded out uh, 80.9 pass rush, which was highest on the team. He obviously got to the quarterback a lot, but unfortunately that was a cause for concern by the end of the day. Aaron Casey, one of the guys that stepped in for him, played 18 snaps, uh, 70.8. Grade, there was a couple different guys that stepped in for him to varying levels of success. Um, largely not successful, but we'll talk about some of those in a minute. Uh, Jalen Williams was up there. He graded out as a 66.3. Jaron Handy's up there. Um, Alfred Bryant, one of the other linebackers that's actually started on the day, was up there. And uh, John Haynes only played three snaps. The transfer, we'll see if he starts to get more reps uh, throughout the season. And then Josh Sanguinetti graded out basically right above average. All these guys graded out really well in tackling. This is a really good tackling team, generally speaking, for the Hoosiers. So all those guys graded out above average, except uh, ironically, Cam Jones did not, but the guy who had a couple of the biggest hits of the day, but the rest of the team graded out really well uh, when it comes to tackling. So those were the positives, a lot of familiar names, and some uh, names that should have you excited, especially with DJ Matthews. We'll take a look at the negatives here in just a moment. Before we do that, we need to talk about BetOnline.ag. Our friends over there, we reference them often. Talked about them last week when it came to the IU Cincinnati game and how surprisingly close the line was. Again, I'm still surprised that this is only a nine-point line for the Hoosiers. I've done a little bit of research on Western Kentucky. Really good passing team, but uh, I, I'll just say I'm surprised. I've already bet on the Hoosiers. I typically try to wait to see how the line moves. I got them at minus eight. I'd be pretty surprised if it stayed that close and I would imagine there'd be a lot of cause for concern, but we get all those lines from Bet online, which is the number one spot to go for pro football or college football action. This season, they have all the props, odds, contests you guys could want head over there, sign up today, receive a 100% welcome bonus. Uh, That's a double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL 100, whether it's football Basketball is coming up. Baseball is entering the playoffs. Uh, boxing, whatever is your favorite Vegas casino games, they have you covered with all sorts of amazing offers. So, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your sports book experts. We talked about the positives. Now, let's look at some of the negatives and see where the areas of concern are. So, Offensively, lowest graded player was the previously mentioned Matt Bjornson. Uh, he featured 31 snaps total. Uh, they didn't run as many two tight end sets as they did uh, at times during that Idaho game. It they only Bjornson only had 31 snaps. AJ Barner, who had the big touchdown, the long touchdown, I should say, against Idaho, only had three snaps. So. um wasn't in there as much, and bjornson really struggled the times he was in there, graded out as a 38.8. Uh, he was largely in there. Run blocking and pass blocking were 24 of his 31 plays, and he did not pass block well at all. Really struggled in the run block game. Luke Haggard. Luke Haggard is second lowest player. Left tackle, again, just <laughs> not great. Uh, he, he 44 pass blocking uh, plays, he grades out at a 45, 36 run bro- blocking plays, he grades out as a 45.6. Yeah, this offensive line continues to struggle. Uh, some guys right there in the middle, Caleb Jones was a 54.1, Matt Kadich, the left guard, was a 54. Overall, just not a good day. Dylan Powell was a 56.7. Those three were basically bang average, maybe a little below average. Uh, part of it we talked about, that was a really good Cincinnati team, a, a top-10 defense, but this offensive line really has shown little sign of progress so far. Not shocking, Michael Penix, 46.2, third lowest grade. Um There were some high highs. There were some low lows. The low lows being the turnovers always are going to plummet any sort of grade. Uh, Ty Freifogel was the next lowest, which is a surprise. He was in 64 plays and just struggled mightily. 49.1 passing grade. Just a brutal game from him. He really, really needs a big turnaround uh, on Saturday against Western Kentucky. And then the last guy, another disappointing in a different way, Cameron Buckley, graded out as the next lowest player. Um, it's a little different. You weren't quite as sure what the uh, expectations for him are going to be this season. And so I I would have hoped for a little bit more. But nonetheless, um, you there's still time for him to get adjusted. But he really struggled as well in the uh, passing game. Overall, the, the wide receivers not named DJ Matthews need to get better to help Michael Penix out. When you have a struggling quarterback, you need guys to step up and help him out, which is what this wide receiver core is doing the opposite of right now. Defensively, the lows weren't nearly as low overall. Uh, But the lowest graded player was Thomas Allen, who was the one who came in for Micah McFadden. Part of it's not really his fault. He comes out as a 51.7, really struggled tackling, 32.8. I think some of the momentum change, some of the kind of psychological effects on the defense as a whole made everyone struggle, which tends to make that grade look a little worse. It was a brutal spot for him to be put in and you can't really fault him for struggling that much on the day. Bryant Fitzgerald, who came in at strong safety, was next lowest, 32 snaps. Again, another good tackling performance, but he struggled in coverage on the day. Marcelino McCreary Ball actually comes in at 57.4. Now, these are all relative. 57.4 would have been maybe like the hot upper half of the offense, to give you some, some context there. Uh, but with this defense, it's one. One of the lowest grades, and that comes even with him getting that interception. Uh, he grew, he still didn't grade out very well in coverage. It was a tip ball, so I don't really know how much credit he gets for that. He's still really good at tackling, uh, but he also struggled in the run defense, which is actually one of the areas that he typically uh, excels in. You have a couple uh, subs in the next couple positions. The next lowest starter is someone I wanted to talk about is Taiwan Mullen. Again, 61.3 isn't low necessarily, but I've been surprised how little we've seen of him. Uh, He's made some – tackling hasn't been an issue, and honestly he might be the team's best tackler. It's been some of the other coverage stuff that's been surprising. He was targeted six times on Saturday. He gave up four catches for 37 yards. There were no yards after the catch, but – for an All-American corner, you would think or hope that it would be a little bit better. Uh, the one the one play that probably tanked this rating the most was that jump ball to the tight end where he just has a size advantage and uh, Mullen could do little about it. I wonder how much of that impacted the grade. If you take that play out, if it changes things a lot. But still, he's a name we haven't really just seen in general a lot. It's not a name that they're not targeting, or it's not a a situation where they're not targeting him. There were six targets on the day, so we'll see if he's able to get on track as well. It's a much less worrying concern. Like I said, he's still graded out above average overall on the day. Comparing these offensive and defensive ratings uh, against one another, everyone on the defense, aside from a couple names, uh, grades out in the top half or better. Relative to the offense. So it's certainly more concerns on the offensive end. Again, it's an opponent on Saturday with Western Kentucky that you hope will be able to, um, the Hoosiers will be able to get back on track. But we will see, as I said, and as we always do Thursday, I will give a deeper preview on them and take a look at what to expect. They pass the ball a lot, and they give up a lot of rushing yards. One of those plays into the Hoosiers' hands the, with the strong secondary running the ball. Uh, we will see. Uh, we will see how that goes, but I would expect a heavy dose of Stephen Carr, but we're going to talk about that on um, on Thursday's episode. We will. That'll do it for football. That'll do it for the Cincinnati game that's in the past. We're done talking about it. We spent a good chunk, all of Monday's pod was on it, and then yesterday, Tuesday's pod, we talked about Michael Penix and spent a whole segment on his performance in that Cincinnati game. Uh, That'll do it for that game. It's in the past. We're not talking about it anymore. We're moving forward now. Uh, Now we have Western Kentucky and then the Big Ten coming up. So we're going to get caught up on the men's and women's soccer teams now and see how their Big Ten openers went as well spoiler not great but stay tuned and we will dive into those before we do that you guys know how much I love built bar and if I found out that me loving the cookies and cream uh, built bar was actually a pretty uh, controversial take so we uh, I'm a big fan of cookies and cream everything whatever it is I'm a big fan it's my kryptonite that's not always the case with everyone else, but if you don't like cookies and cream, there's all kinds of other stuff. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel. Whatever it is that you guys like, Built Bar has you covered. If you're not sure if a lot of those sounded good, they have a mixed box for you guys as well that you can get two of each of the flavors. Not only are they delicious, but they are also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 gr- or calories five grams of sugar, four to five grams, four to five grams of carbs. So you got some amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. Uh, Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code lock 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Also need to talk about prize picks. Still don't have Saturday's props loaded up yet, but we will jump on them as soon as they do. We'll probably talk about that in Friday's episode. Guys could have made some money if you listened to me on Saturday. We nailed both of our prize picks selections. For those that don't know, they're the leader in college daily fantasy sports, and it's daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh, it's a fun little game. You pick. They have all sorts of props, more than you could possibly imagine. Pick a couple of them you like, stack them up together, and it's simple. They give you a number, whether it's quarterback passing yards. You choose the over-under. Do that for a couple different stats, and then – uh, bet on it, and you could win up to 10 times your money. And the option that I always mention that I enjoy is the flex option, where in, if you have uh, five uh, props put in there and you only hit on three of them, pick the flex option, you still get a little bit of a payout and uh, saves you the frustration of only missing out on one or two of them. Uh, prize picks also allows mixed sports entries. If you guys want to throw some baseball in there, uh, some pro football with some college football, whatever it is. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and there's, they offer safe and fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to the App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. We have not talked about the men's and women's soccer team since last Wednesday. I want to try to interject them a little bit more, but with that Cincinnati game last week, it was definitely hard to do anything other than focus on that game. So they both opened Big Ten play, and they both lost their Big Ten opener. The good news for the men's soccer team is the uh, consecutive loss streak. Uh, they haven't lost consecutive games since I believe it was 2013. It was 2013. The good news is that streak lives. The bad news means it had to require them to lose their Big Ten opener against Rutger. Uh, that was on last Friday in Bloomington, and really a bit of a surprising win. Now, Rutger came in 6-0-1. Uh, and or, Well, they came in 5-0-1. They left 6-0-1. Uh, the Hoosiers jumped out on front. Daniel Mooney uh, scores in the 23rd minute. They led at the half. Everything looked like it was going swell. And then Rutger comes out scores two goals in a span of about 13 minutes and the Hoosier offense couldn't get things going. They only they finished with nine shots on the day but only four on target. Uh, Rutger finishes with three on target and the two goals. so um, I, I, this, this men's soccer teams a, a bit of a frustrating one right now. So much individual talent that they haven't, especially offensively, haven't really figured out how to get it going. Uh, Victor Bezera had the injury early in the season. He's still trying to figure things out. We talked about how good the two sophomores want or are, Maholich and Sarver. They still are kind of struggling to get everything mixed together because, it, I mean, it, for those that watch the game on. Uh, Tuesday the Hoosiers come back on Tuesday with the game against Northwestern that was on the Big 10 network if you watch it on Tuesday you probably are really concerned because Northwestern scored in the sixth minute and led at the half won nothing and suddenly the Hoosiers are looking at not just two straight losses but two straight Big 10 losses and considering that they've won uh, about every title the Big 10 has given out in the last three four years that was concerning but Uh, They bounce back in the second half. Samuel Sarver gets uh, the goal in the 46th minute right out of the half to tie the game. Indale gets a goal about five minutes later to put them up 2-1. to And the Hoosier offense kind of collectively got itself together and shut out Northwestern for the big road win. I know the win played a factor in that one. First half, the Hoosiers were going into the win in Evanston right off the lake, and the second half they're going with it. And that does make a difference, uh, especially those clearances, goal kicks, things like that. So Hoosiers bounce back with a win. Still not too impressive. Still have a lot of things to work on. The good news is they are off till Sunday. They haven't uh, to figure it out. They play Michigan. It'll be on Big Ten Plus, uh, and we will talk about that game uh no later than next Wednesday and hopefully a little bit sooner. The women's team also dropped their big 10 opener. It was a little more frustrating of a game. Uh, again, Michigan state comes in at 5 five Oh and two. And I mean, we talked about the Hoosiers six, one and one, uh, coming into the game. The Hoosiers actually outshot by far Michigan state, but, uh, Cameron Evans for the Spartans gets the goal in the 16th minute. The Hoosiers outshot them 19-8, to but only had five shots on target to Michigan State's four. For as many shots as they had, they couldn't really threaten the goal and ultimately came away uh, with a pretty disappointing effort offensively considering how many shots they were able to get, that they weren't able to challenge the keeper more. So they fall to 6-2-1, still a terrific start for them this season, but um, they were hoping for a little bit better, I would imagine, uh, against Michigan State. They're back in action on Thursday, and that game will be on the Big Ten Network. So no reason not to tune in Thursday, 8 o'clock, Big Ten Network at Bloomington. Hopefully tons of fans are there, support this women's team that is – Performing well overall heading into or at this point in the season, even if they fall in their Big Ten opener, then they will also be in action on Sunday. They'll be at home again against Illinois. We will talk about both of those games again, no later than next Wednesday. Uh, That'll do it for us today, though, guys. As I said, a shorter show. Uh, We will have I this is my vow. We will have Thursday show out. Uh, on Thursday morning so that you guys can get everything you need to know about Western Kentucky. And then uh, we will have Friday's show where we just go over the basics, look at the final lines on Friday, look at some prize picks, picks as well, look at some matchups to watch, so on and so forth. Appreciate you guys, all the support. If you guys haven't already, subscribed to us on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you guys get it. Leave a rating and review wherever you guys can. I do check those regularly, and I appreciate all the support you guys have given. While you're over there, be sure to follow the Locked on Bets podcast. Uh, the guys, your boy Q, Lee Sterling, do a great job over there with daily picks, blowout specials, all sorts of stuff to make sure you guys have all of the best bets. All the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcast. Have a great Wednesday, everybody, and L-E-O.